We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England standing QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle, he's going to go. Touchdown. Welcome back to... Uh... Another episode of Candlestick Chronicles. Some stuff has happened since the last time we were on the locker room app. Um, Kyle Madsen will join shortly. He's got some stuff going on. The newly engaged Kyle Madsen. Maybe we can get him to tell that engagement story if anybody's interested. Um, so we'll get started, I guess. Uh, obviously, the news of the day is just the fact that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch spoke to the media for the first time since early January. Uh, after the season ended, and it was pretty notable because it came um, three days after making arguably one of the biggest trades in uh, in franchise history. So, yeah, 49ers move up nine spots, trade first-round picks this year, and then the following two drafts, including a third-round pick. Um, so I think really what was interesting, there wasn't a whole lot of revealing stuff. It was just more clarification that we got today from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They had said this was a move that they decided to make at some point in February. Um, and they started calling teams in early March. And a lot of those teams were still waiting to see how free agency would go before willing to entertain offers um, for the 49ers to move up. And then ultimately the Dolphins decided to, and it makes a lot of sense from the Dolphins' standpoint. I think it makes a lot of sense from the 49ers' standpoint, too, um, because this gives Kyle Shanahan really his first time to to go up 
at the top of the draft in a in a draft that's viewed to, as, as having really good quarterbacks available, right? So this is this is Kyle Shanahan's opportunity to really sort of make a career defining decision um, in terms of you know his his career as a head coach. He could basically set himself up to you know put together a contending team for years to come if he hits on a guy or he could end up getting fired if he if he misses on this pick and you know after giving away those two first round picks. So you know the the takeaways today um I think there was a lot of buzz about Mac Jones and the fact that the 49ers were traveling to Alabama uh tomorrow to or maybe they're on their way right now as we record this Monday night but um it looks like we got Kyle, but I'm going to keep talking anyway. Yeah, no, so, I'm ready. Okay, so Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to Alabama's Pro Day tomorrow, or at least Mac Jones' second throwing session after having one last week. Um, and it seemed notable when reading about it in uh, Peter King's column Sunday night, but it seems less notable now after hearing Kyle Shanahan say they're planning a sort of a private workout throwing session with um, Justin Fields, too, at Ohio State, and Adam Peters, the assistant GM, is going to Ohio State tomorrow for Fields Pro Day tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> um, so there are, you know, there's there's a lot going on. I have my my feelings, my inklings on which direction the 49ers are going to go, I but I also cannot ignore all the constant buzz around Jones. But, but the thing is, if I'm being honest, after – spending the weekend, you know, really sort of studying these guys. I just don't know how anybody could come to the conclusion that Mac Jones would be a better pick than either Trey Lance or Justin Fields based purely on ceiling. And if you do make the decision to go with Mac Jones, and that's a decision to find the most um, playable quarterback right now. I think Jones is probably the most playable guy, but he's probably – I think quite clearly has the lowest ceiling of, of all of those guys. Kyle, do you do you have any initial takes on on where things stand with these picks now that you're back from Hawaii and uh, and back grinding on uh, on pre-draft content here? I never stopped grinding, and the fact okay. that you thought that I would is frankly offensive. No, <laughs> no, I, I just I I'm in lockstep. I think with 95 percent of people on Mac Jones in that his name would not come up if this was any other team making this trade. But because it's Kyle Shanahan, and there's this weird infatuation with Kyle Shanahan's infatuation with Kirk Cousins, um, the the assumption is that that's what he's looking for. And he addressed that today in his press conference, basically like, yeah, I wanted to get Kyle Shanahan here, or uh, Kirk Cousins here once. That doesn't mean that, you know, that's the player I'm looking for. And I think that's right. And you don't trade up to get, you know, a guy who might give you Kirk Cousins production. That's not that's not why you you deal three first round picks. You can find you can get that with Kyle Trask, I think. And they identified somebody who is going to give them more than that. And whether it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance or they have some intel that intel that says Zach Wilson's gonna drop to three, I don't know. But I can't wrap my brain around a situation where Kyle Shanahan, this offensive mastermind, 
watched Mac Jones play football and went, that's what this team needs to get to the next level. And that's not to knock Mac Jones. Mac Jones might be a fine NFL quarterback, but I think that there are better prospects that would be better long-term for the 49ers than, than, than him. You think about the reasons. So <laughs> I'm over yeah. watching drop back and pass quarterbacks, dude. Yeah. You're, you're, you're you're, in, in order to upgrade, or the ways you want to upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo, just aside from the durability thing, and the durability thing I think is is a major part of it, right? But you want to lift the ceiling of your offense. And you look around the league, and I'm with with you 100% on this Mac Jones thing, because look at all of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL right now, with the exception of Tom Brady, right? It's Aaron Rodgers, really good on the run, really mobile and dynamic, can mm-hmm. extend plays and, and make throws downfield. Josh Allen, same thing. Patrick Mahomes, maybe the best we've ever seen at that, right? Scrambling Mm -hmm. around, making ridiculous throws on the run. Lamar Jackson, mobile in a completely different way, but still super dynamic, right? Um, Justin Herbert is like that. Did you say Russell Wilson? Yes, Russell Wilson is like that. Like there are, you know, Kyler Murray. In order to make up for whatever flaws you have fundamentally as a quarterback, if you're an elite athlete, it can expedite the process, right? Like you can you can come in and be super raw as a pocket passer and be pretty limited to, you know, be a one or two read guy earlier in your career. But if you can scramble and extend plays and freelance and play backyard football, then you really have a chance. And so that's that's what I can't wrap my head around is seeing the trend, the way the league is going. And I, I just can't fathom watching these guys and, and not thinking that Kyle Shanning, like, not coming away with, I, I just I, I I can't even. It, it's like confusing me, right? Like I can't even talk about it because Mac Jones just doesn't make any sense to me on that level because you're trading up for a guy that's ultimately going to define your tenure, and Kyle Shanahan is regarded as one of the most innovative and progressive coaches in the league, yes. but yet he's he's has this Kirk Cousin thing hanging over his head basically until he goes another direction, right? So this is the opportunity for him to go that other direction and then stop with the the Cousins narrative. And so ultimately, I think that's where we're going to get. I I just, I can't imagine that Kyle Shanahan is going to look at um, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones if, you know, Zach Wilson doesn't happen to fall, which is still a possibility. But I just can't imagine Shanahan's looking at these guys and going like, yeah, I need... I need Mac Jones. I need and you know Doug Farrar on on your network. I yes. thought he did an excellent job talking about what fits for Kyle Shanahan. He used numbers and data, um, just talking about boot action stuff. And that's not to you know like Mac Jones ran the fewest amount of boot action plays um, of these quarterbacks that we're talking about, right? Yeah, he's super not mobile. He's not mobile at all. He can barely move. He's a really good quarterback, and, and mm-hmm. you know, Tom Brady can't move, but he's a good right. quarterback in the pocket. But Tom Brady at this point is the clear and obvious outlier, right? Like everything else is pointing to mobile quarterbacks. And when you think about what Kyle Shanahan could do with all the play-action stuff, all yeah. the, um, you know, adding could, – could you imagine what Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel could do with a running quarterback – and and what that could add to the offense in the red zone and short yardage situations and offer a dynamic that Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't have. So for me, I just, you know, you hear a lot of the, – the funny thing, too, is you hear everybody say – everybody pretty much agrees with us, right? From a football standpoint, yes. it doesn't make any sense. But the reason why people are making are, are making these conclusions is like, well, I think that's the guy Shanahan's going to like. 
It, right, there's, and here's, no, there's no football part of that. It's just, oh, Shanahan's going to like that guy because he's boring. Because Shanahan has never been in a situation where, save for 2017, and I want to put 2017 to the side because the 49ers, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, inherited a disaster. And I think their mindset was plugging in a rookie quarterback in 2017 would have been a waste of a pick because they were putting a quarterback into a situation that just wasn't tenable for a first-year NFL quarterback. So put 2017 aside. Outside of that, Kyle Shanahan has never been in a situation where he could go get a player with the number three pick in the draft, again, outside of 2017. So a player like Kirk Cousins where you're just going, okay, I just need a quarterback. I need a guy who can just run the offense for now. That's when Kirk Cousins is like, great, he can run the offense. That's what Shanahan wants is a guy who can run the offense. Well, yeah, when you're picking in the second or third or fourth round, or when you're going and just getting a guy in free agency, because in free agency, those super dynamic guys don't typically come available. Well, now those dynamic guys like Trey Lance or Justin Fields or possibly Zach Wilson are going to be available. And I just, you said it, I, he is on the cutting edge of offensive football, and he's going to look at a player who can not only make the throws, but can also help him get uh, numbers mismatches in the run game, and he's going to go, no, Mac Jones is my guy. No chance. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and if that happens, can't. if that happens, I'm going to reevaluate a lot of things that I think about Kyle Shanahan as a coach. Yeah, I think that's fair because this is, I, I think, if – like you said, if it weren't the 49ers, nobody would be talking about Mac Jones at number three. Yes, yes. And so, you know, I've I've taken the dive. I, I watched Justin Fields all season the last – I mean, I've watched his whole career at Ohio Buckeye State. Fan? Yeah, I went there. I don't know if you knew that. But, um, Get out of town. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think – look, I like Trey Lance as a prospect more than Justin Fields. And the reason being – I mean, a lot of it has to do with the fact that Lance plays in a much more pro-style offense. Um, you get a lot of the one look in, or one read and, and done type thing, type feeling with uh, with Fields, and that's not to say he's not going to get better at that, but I think just in terms of making progressions and reading defenses, I think Trey Lance is better. That said, he's also played – worst competition and he only played one game this year and it wasn't particularly good but man you watch Trey Lance in 2019 and I mean the guy the guy is built like a brick house first of all and I know they're FCS players but he's running through and over defensive linemen and linebackers Um, it seemed like he was unstoppable on third down with his legs he has a really good arm, like a Josh Allen, Justin Herbert level arm, along with all that mobility. And I think he's just a great athlete with really good feet. And I think he could develop into a really good passer in the right system. And so, you know, to me, I think it's notable that there isn't a whole lot of buzz around um, Trey Lance to the 49ers right now. They his pro day was two weeks before the trade happened, right? Like if they, Mm -hmm. if they made this trade and then there was a pro day, his pro day would be a circus, but that didn't happen. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were not at the pro day. And I think that's notable because you remember in 2018, they had literally no contact with Mike McGlinchey before the draft and they knew they were going to take him. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I, I have, I have my guard up for a situation like that because you know, when, when there's a lot of smoke 
in draft season, it tends to be a lot of smoke. It's not like other situations where, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe there is, but to me, it just, I'm just, I'm not reading it like that. And I think they, the 49ers want to keep everybody guessing because um, there's the possibility that the Jets trade out. So if everybody, it behooves the 49ers to make the world believe that they want Mac Jones because yeah. then no one's going to jump them if, if they let it be known that their guy is, is Lancer Fields, right? Yeah. So, so I think really that's what the 49ers are guarding against. And Kyle Shanahan said, you know, I go to pro days now at number three because we don't really have to be all that secretive and stuff. I believe that to a point. But I also think it's notable that there isn't a whole lot of buzz <clears throat> in quote-unquote league circles connecting the 49ers with Trey Lance. And I think you can make a case from a schematic standpoint, given what Trey Lance did in college, running a pro-style system, utilizing a lot of play action. That offense ran the shit out of the ball. Um, I just think he makes a ton of sense. And furthering that point, if you do keep Jimmy Garoppolo with all the talk that Trey Lance needs another year to develop after not playing last year and just being raw, mm-hmm. I think he gives you the highest upside. And if you are intent on keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it's kind of an ideal scenario, right? Because you do have your yeah. backup now if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. You have sort of a wild card in your offense that you could just sort of pull out at random points in the game, um, sort of like what the Saints do with Taysom Hill. Not that I fully They traded three first-round picks for Taysom Hill is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I endorse what the Saints do with Taysom Hill, but I think you could create special packages and utilize Trey Lance and then ultimately make him the starter in 2022. And maybe you could do the same thing with Justin Fields. But um, I think we both agree they're out. Like we're not there out, but you and I are out on Mac Jones. I do wonder too. I mean, so the 49ers don't make this trade unless there are three guys, at least three guys they are comfortable with taking. It. Right. Exactly. So they're comfortable with Trevor Lawrence, obviously they're comfortable with Zach Wilson and then one of the other three, at least one of the other three, they're comfortable with. And I also think it's notable they jumped Atlanta, which has reportedly been interested in Trey Lance, too. Um, so I'm curious to see how this all plays out. Do you have any takes after my long rant? I don't. Jordan Anderson, though, <laughs> on the chat said, and I think this this sums it up really nicely. He said, I don't think Mac would give the offense – what Jimmy couldn't besides availability. If that's all Kyle wanted, there's no way you trade up to three. And I think that really hits it on the head. Yeah, I totally agree. So I I fully think that the 49ers watched Josh Allen torch them this year and watched Aaron Rodgers torch them this year and have watched Russell Wilson do it for years and watched Kyler Murray do it twice against a really good 49ers offense last uh, defense in 2019. And if Shanahan didn't have his mind made up before then, I think he does now. Uh, one thing I want to ask, though, that, you know, we're talking a lot of Trey Lance, Justin Fields. How convinced are you that Zach Wilson goes number two? So I I think I'm less convinced than, than this, the consensus because, you know, talking to somebody in the league whose opinion I respect told me that they think it's the me. Jets – yes, it's Kyle. <laughs> um, they said that the Jets might be more split on Sam Darnold than a lot of people believe. And they're, I think Sam Darnold has a lot of believers still in the league because this is somebody 
who a lot of people thought was the best quarterback in the 2018 class. Um, obviously, Josh Allen has proven to be the best quarterback of that class, but the point remains that maybe under the right circumstances, Darnold could excel. And if you mm-hmm. put the right offense around him, you give him skill p- position players, you give him a good offensive line, you just have overall organizational competency, then maybe Sam Darnold can flourish, and then maybe you're in a situation where you can trade out of number two to a team that wants to give you you know, three first-round picks like the, the Dolphins just got from the Niners. So there is that possibility. I think it's remote. Um because you also see reports around, uh, I think, um, oh, I forget who's, who, who reported it, but, I, but somebody, I think it was at ESPN, Kimberly Martin at ESPN reported that, uh, she talked to GMs around the league and, or some talent evaluators around the league, and she thought the price for Sam Darnold in a trade would be like a third or a fourth round pick. Right, maybe a conditional fourth that turns into a third based on playing time or whatever, which to me doesn't indicate that his stock is all that high right now, which would also indicate that maybe the Jets probably are just better off drafting somebody and then going another direction. So yeah, I mean Wilson makes a lot of sense. He fits the offense. He's he's pretty much ideal for the you know Shanahan style of offense that, that Michael Floor is going to run there. Um, but if somebody if they're not completely sold to the point where you know, they might be they might be where the 49ers were in 2017 when they were passing on quarterbacks. Like you talked about, like, let's build out the roster before we get our guys so we're not putting our guy in a shitty situation. And um, it would make sense with a head coach and offensive coordinator who came from the team that did that. Right. Well, and also, like, part of me wonders, does, does Robert Sala, defensive coach, want to be in games where it's like you have to win 40 to 36 every week, every week? Sure. Right? Like defensive coaches want to win with with the running game. They want to win with defense and ball control and special teams. And I kind of think, you know, Robert Sala coming, he, he originated in Seattle, or at least that was his second job. And a year later after he took that job as a quality control coach, the team drafted Russell Wilson. And they went on to, you know, contend with a really good defense and a mobile quarterback and a strong running game. And maybe they like Justin Fields or Trey Lance better. So I, I, you know, I think the chances are very slim, but I don't think you can completely rule out the idea of either the Jets not taking Wilson or Wilson sure. not being available at three. So I think that's one of the things. Like, I think ultimately, if you're the Niners, you make this trade because you would be fine drafting Wilson and Lancer Fields and maybe Jones, right? Like there's mm-hmm. there's at least two of those guys the 49ers would be happy to come away with. And Kyle Shanahan does not seem stressed. Neither did John Lynch. That was one thing, like, they seem very calm today and happy. And they yeah. think they're in a great spot. And I think they've, they've found somebody that they like that they think they're going to get, um, even if Wilson does go to, whether it's to the Jets or somebody else. Yeah, they definitely know, like, they didn't trade up and then figure out if they liked a specific player. Right. They definitely right. moved up with, with, like you said, three players in mind, and there's definitely a, a, a favorite among them that they think that they think is going to land there. I want to touch right. on the Chris Sims stuff, which you brought up today <laughs> during the presser in jest, but I think it I wasn't think really it's in jest. It kind of came no, off in no. jest, but it wasn't. I really, I did want him to speak on it. Yeah, no, I, I totally, and there's this idea that everything Chris Sims says is coming directly from Kyle Shanahan's mouth, yeah. but 
if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're trying to keep secrets, why would you go tell your best friend who is going to yell it into a megaphone on the internet on various mediums on the internet? <laughs> unless, you, unless you want him to throw misdirection. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's why it's not like, Oh, Chris Sim said it. So that's what the Niners are doing. Like no chance. There's no right. chance that Kyle Shanahan calls up Chris Sims and goes, yeah, hey, you can say whatever this you want, but we're going with Mac Jones. Right. Yeah, I, I completely, there's no way. I completely agree, and I also think that, like, as far as the misdirection stuff, like, Chris Sims' credibility is kind of on the line with everything he says, mm-hmm. right? Like, if, if it's Nobody's not Mac credibility is on the line in the media. <laughs> well, it's not he wouldn't he wouldn't have this job for too long if he came out with all these takes and then and then just proved to be a mouthpiece, right? Like wanting oh, okay, to yes, wanting yes, okay, to throw yes. misdirection, right? Like that's I thought that you meant being wrong. wrong. No, no, no. Being wrong is is fine. Draft people are wrong all the time. Hell, NFL teams are wrong all the time. Sure, sure. But, sure. but I, I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's going to risk his credibility just to spread misinformation for Kyle Shanahan. And so I, while I think it's notable when Chris Sims says something like um, he thinks Mac Jones would be the perfect fit for the Niners at three and better than anybody else, I think that's just his opinion. And Kyle Shanahan basically said today, like, yeah, I don't, we don't talk about any of the big decisions I make. Like, they talk about quarterbacks, but Shanahan doesn't tell him what his plans are. Right. Um, at least that that's what Shanahan said. And, yeah, and I tend to believe him. Like, I don't, it, I don't think there's any benefit for Kyle Shanahan to let it be out there unless he's trying to spread misinformation and throw smoke screens everywhere, which is fine. But then that doesn't benefit Chris Sims at all because he comes out just looking like a mouthpiece. So I think this is all Chris Sims opinion. Um, And, you know, I think it's, it's a fair and valid opinion that Mac Jones might be a good fit for Kyle Shanahan. I also think it's funny that with everything Kyle Shanahan has on the line, Chris Sims goes out and tweets, Look at Matt Schaub. Uh, look at Kirk Cousins. Look at Matt Ryan. Like, yeah, and no, none of those guys have Super Bowls because they they fit that that like non dynamic quarterback mold. So maybe it's time to break that mold, right? Like, we don't. Right. Like, why do we need to to look like why do why would the Forty ers want to look at all of the quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan has liked previously Thank who haven't won you. shit and except for Matt Ryan who's blown a twenty eight three lead. And- and right? liked, like, liked previously or was saddled with previously. That's true, too. This is the first time Kyle Shanahan is really picking his guy. Yes. It, throughout his career. Like, he didn't have a say on RG3 in 2012. They liked Cousins in the fourth round of that draft, which is obviously a completely different situation. You're drafting a fourth-round backup after trading up for RG3. So this is the first time, no matter what everybody else is saying about – Kirk Cousins and all that stuff. This is the first time Kyle Shanahan is really picking his guy. So this is his opportunity to let everybody know what he's looking for. And I thought it was notable today. He mentioned John Elway, who was dad coached, right? One of the most physically gifted prospects of all time. Like John Elway won Super Bowls because he was a dynamic quarterback. Uh, His dad, Mike Shanahan, coached Steve Young. Steve Young, really dynamic, great passer, also really good runner. Right, so I, I just can't wrap my head around it being Mac Jones, and I know everybody in the NFL thinks it's Mac Jones, and there are a lot of smart people and a lot of plugged-in people 
I don't get the idea that the 49ers are actively putting it out there that it's Mac Jones. I think everybody is just sort of group thinking really hard on this thing. So I don't know. We will see how it goes, but I would be willing to bet that they're not going to take Mac Jones. But on the other hand, it wouldn't really surprise me if they did, because I just don't know how stubborn Kyle Shanahan is. It would surprise me a little. I don't think I would be floored, but it would definitely surprise me some. Because, like I said, I, I'm viewing this through the lens of he has an opportunity to to reach a level that he's not gotten to reach yet and put an element into his offense that he's not gotten to put in yet. Because Robert Griffin III started as a rookie, and they didn't run the quote-unquote Shanahan system. They They molded that offense to fit what Robert Griffin III was comfortable with. And my guess is the plan was to kind of evolve out of that eventually, but then he got hurt and his career went downhill from there. So I think this is fired very quickly and then he got fired. Right. So I think this is, yeah, this is a unique opportunity, not only for him, but for the 49ers. Like this is a Super Bowl team picking third. (laughs) That does, that doesn't happen. It's such a unique thing. It is. And so they're in a position now where uh, I think I, I think that that's why you hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo and why it's not an insane notion to think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter because they legitimately think that he can win a Super Bowl in 2021. And then from there, going into 2022, who knows? Right. You know, that, that, but if you win a Super Bowl this year with Jimmy Garoppolo after trading three first round picks for the number three pick and the number three pick doesn't see the field, who cares? Right. It's, it's a great problem to have. It's I a think, really good problem to have. And Kyle Shanahan said it today, too, is that, you know, probably the ideal situation is to have a good veteran quarterback and a young, highly drafted backup. And so I think that's what we're looking at. And, yeah, the 49ers could move on from Garoppolo. But the thing is, is like everybody's saying, well, the 49ers couldn't possibly invest all these picks in a quarterback and then not play him right away. Why? And my response is, that, yeah, my response is why? Right. Like you don't need the cap space right now because there's nobody to use that cap space on unless you make a trade for some veteran. But I don't think that trades out there. So you don't need the cap space. Um, You need depth at quarterback. There's no reason to just be throwing your quarterback depth away, because if you get rid of Garoppolo, then you have to replace him. And who are you going to replace him with? That's that you feel comfortable going in in a backup situation should your rookie get hurt. Right, like this right. is still a Josh Rosen game. and Josh Johnson. Right, and people saying, "Oh, well, it's too much money for a quarterback." Who cares? It's Jed York's money. They're going right. to have the cap space in 2022 when they get rid of Garoppolo. So, like, <laughs> you it's don't not get, the you cap- don't get docked points for not having enough cap space. Right, and this is a team that used three quarterbacks in 2018 when Garoppolo got hurt, and they used three quarterbacks in 2020. So why why get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo just to get rid of him? So I think it makes a lot of sense to have Garoppolo, and particularly in an offseason where you may not have any spring practices again. There's a very legitimate chance that this is just like last last year's offseason when it's all Zoom meetings, it's all virtual, and so you're a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and you're Kyle Shanahan looking your players in the eye at the end of last season telling them, we're going to try to win the Super Bowl in 2021, and then you come out with the rookie quarterback? 
you know, and if it's Mac Jones, like the locker room is going to be like, great. Awesome. We got, I mean, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's respect in the locker room. I think everybody in the locker room has a pretty realistic opinion of what Jimmy Garoppolo is, which is a decent to pretty good quarterback when he's healthy, but somebody who's missed a ton of time with injuries that you can't rely on. I think everybody in the locker room understands that as much as they love Garoppolo to a man, right? Like Garoppolo is one of the guys in the locker room, but everybody understands and everybody wants to win a Super Bowl this year. So just getting rid of Garoppolo and rolling with the rookie I think that's a really hard sell in the locker room. And so the 49ers have this like really strong culture in the locker room. And I think just getting rid of Garoppolo and throwing a quarterback in there just to do it because you invested all these picks. I don't think that makes any sense. And I think you're in a pretty good situation if you're going into 2021 with a healthy Garoppolo and a high end backup. Because you, you're able to, you're able to do both things. You can contend and you can develop your guy. And if Garoppolo gets hurt, then you throw your guy in there. It's unorthodox and different, but that <laughs> and people are having a hard time wrapping their mind around just right. around that just because it's so, different and unprecedented. So I wanna I wanna throw this in from the chat on locker room. Alan King chiming in. He has two different things here. He says Fred Warner, meaning Fred Warner's extension could get done with the money you free up with Garoppolo, but. They can do that anyway. They, right, exactly. So that's not – the reason a Fred Warner extension hasn't been hammered out yet is not because Jimmy Garoppolo's $25.6 million is still in the books. So that's not that's not an issue. Um, and then he also said that they'll definitely have to sign a free agent corner because they don't have a first-round pick. I don't think they were using their first-round pick on a cornerback anyways, but – you can sign five corners with Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster and still have plenty of room. Yeah, you go get Casey There's, Hayward for four or five million bucks and still have. Cast you're it. speaking that into existence. Yeah, I well, Nick got me going on. Time it. You brought it on. Our guy brought Nick it. Wagner got me going on it, and then I just think it makes too much sense. He's like he's the perfect veteran to sign because he's familiar with the system. You'd feel comfortable with him starting, yeah. and he's not washed. I don't think. You hope not. Yeah. Now that I now now that I rubber stamped his addition. Um yeah. should you we bring start? Sherman back? I'm joking. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't I don't think Sherman wants to come back. You know, I think that ship sailed for yeah. sure. Yeah. I could follow what up. Else? We, could, we could follow up on, on that idea. Yeah, we but I, yeah, I, I think if Sherman had um if Sherman had a market he would have signed right now. I agree. So um, do we want to, uh, allow some, or allow, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Have please. Yeah, that's, come on. that's the whole, that's the whole, do, that's the whole point of this, I thought. But you know what we're not done with? Uh, Blue Wire Hustle? That's it. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Teddy Bridgewater may not take the 49ers to the next level, but Blue Wire will take your podcast to the next level. That's a fact. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, you'll get access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. It's an awesome, awesome package to get you started. And on top of that... We'll- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hope you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month. That's right, $15 a month, about the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just to get set up. Not only is Blue Wire Hustle going to set you up, they're going to get you all the stuff I mentioned earlier. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join, or check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that is bwhustle.com slash join. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're going to get Vams on here. Do we want to... <laughs> You owe us five dollars for speaking, Vams. How are you, <laughs> Vams? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes, sir. What's going on? So, I just want to talk to you about that press conference. Didn't it just seem like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan looked like the deed was done? It's like we got our guy. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that we have a franchise quarterback. Like, didn't yes. it seem like the, the like. They had one guy that they knew was going to come to them. And, like, a lot of people are just saying, like, that Robert Sala would tell would tell the 49ers if they were going to take, like, Penn or or not going to take Zach Wilson. But it comes down to the agents. Like, the age, like Zach Wilson wants to play for the 49ers. He made it, like, he publicly let that let that be known twice. So, yeah. So Zach Wilson's agent will know if they're going with him or not. And, like, and I feel yeah. like... We're getting Zach Wilson no matter what. If it's either a trade up to two, or it's like a three, it's like that's the, like those are guys who knew they had their franchise quarterback. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think I think that source of confidence that they have though stems from like no matter what, at three they're getting somebody they like, yeah, right? I'm so I think if Wilson if Wilson falls, they'd be thrilled with that. That's probably the best case scenario. That's that's still semi realistic. But I if Wilson like doesn't fall, it's going to go down. Yeah, but if but if Wilson doesn't fall, I think they would they've identified somebody in that next group of three 
um, that would be that guy. If I were if I were picking, I would take Trey Lance. I would I would rank it as Wilson and then Lance, um, and then Fields and then Jones. But, but they exude a level of confidence that they already knew how it's going to go down. We already know. Which yeah, one but that doesn't necessarily course. mean it's Zach Wilson. No, yeah, th- I, I, yeah, I don't think ne- it's necessarily Zach Wilson. Like I said, I think they're just thrilled because they know that they're going to be able to get their guy at three. Vance, are you, are guys. you, Vance, are you hiking? <laughs> uh, I'm walking the dog. Oh, okay, nice. What kind of dog is it? Siberian Husky. Oh, excellent. Okay, keep going, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think they they there are multiple guys, right? Like you have to, like we said earlier, if you make that trade, you have to have you have to have at least three guys you're comfortable with. And like I said, like Wilson and Lawrence are two of them, and then we just need to figure out the third, and maybe there's a fourth. Um, sure, so I think I think that's where the confidence comes from, in that okay. We got ahead of the Falcons, so we know we can get one of the three best guys in the class, and that's that's where their happiness or confidence comes from. But I think I think it's a good observation because that's de- I, I definitely got the same vibe from them that like they were they were in a great mood having made this trade. Exactly, because I feel like they know from Zach Wilson's agent or or what's it called Justin Fields' agent like what's happening at two is not going to be a surprise. So I feel like they um, know how it's going down. Side note, Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson have the same agent. Exactly. This is a Justin, this is a Deshaun Watson level package. Like if Russell Wilson <laughs> or Deshaun Watson gets traded next offseason for three first, they're going to make a comparison of this. And if it's Mac Jones, we can't justify that. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. And I yeah, and I think they got to um, I think they got to the point where like at some point in February they're like, all right, we're either going to offer three firsts for Deshaun or we're going to offer three first to move up and get our get our rookie guy. And then all the uh all the stuff happened with um all the stuff happened with Deshaun and then it it sort of became you know, they they had to they had to go the rookie route. Um we will go with Good call from Vams and his husky. Eric looks like a Justin Fields guy based on his uh, avatar. Eric, what's up man? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey guys, how you doing? Guys doing great day today, man. I'll tell you what, brick by brick. Um, <laughs> my question to you is this: Must be watching. And I'm the an Warriors. optimistic guy. Let, let's say Garoppolo does stay healthy. He gets into the playoffs and they shit the bed. You bring him back in 2022. Garoppolo? Yes. No. no I also I think, think it depends a little too, right? Maybe on who they pick, right? Most ready rookie quarterback. Yeah, I think the only scenario I think the 49ers would have to win the NFC West. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would have to have an outstanding season and stay healthy. And I think I mean, I think he might have to get to the Super Bowl or at least the NFC Championship round for them to to consider bringing it bringing him back. Okay. Um there's also there's also the wrinkle of if their draft pick just stinks and yeah. isn't ready. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. If they get the vibe from their guy, they're like, God, we, we need to spend another year developing him or he sucks and we got to figure out a long-term plan. Yeah. Maybe Garoppolo comes back for 2022. I think it's unlikely though. I think, I think that ship has mostly sailed unless he does win a Super Bowl. Um, right. Yeah. 
So, but but yeah, I, I think, think Garoppolo, instead of being upset with the situation and and you know being dramatic or whatever, I don't think he's going to do that. I don't. I don't. I I could see him being upset, but like this is a guy who was in this exact same situation playing behind Tom Brady. Brady didn't love it. Brady was a good pro. I don't think Brady was like a warm and fuzzy mentor to Garoppolo, but Brady knew that no matter who's behind him, he's just got to go ball out and win. And I think that's the mindset that Garoppolo is going to have. Gotcha. So one last question kind of on that same topic. Assuming he does stay healthy and he does bring him to the playoffs, you think we're going to get a first-round pick for that? It's tough to say. I think it depends on the season he has. I mean, he's got to stay healthy and he's got to have a good year. And he's got to be an upgrade over, what, half the teams in the league? Like, if he's better than 16 other starters, then you could probably get a first-round pick for him. But ultimately, I think – I don't know that the Niners are too hung up on on the price that they're going to get from, from Garoppolo after 2022. Okay. I think – yeah, I think they just made this yeah. move. Like, we can't rely on this guy to stay healthy. It's been – Two out of three years that have just been completely lost. Kyle Shanahan's fed up and uh, wants to wants to move on and and get somebody more talented, and more more reliable. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Garoppolo's value matters to them at all. Okay. And if just... the difference a difference if he's worth a third round pick right now and then only worth a sixth round pick next year, like that third round pick this year isn't going to make or break whether they're good. If yeah. they nail the number three pick, nothing else matters. Right. And I think that's what they're focused on. Well, they got to hit, hit the other draft picks that they got. That, right. You know, just the number three pick. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you think by the end of camp, uh, we'll know kind of, you know, how this guy's going to progress and what that learning curve is going to look like with the rookie? Yeah, I think I think we'd have a really good idea. At least we'd have a jumping off point and we could say, well, you know, how screwed are the Niners if if they have to play this rookie or, you know, how long is Jimmy Garoppolo going to hold on to the job? If the rookie really plays well during training camp, but Jimmy Garoppolo beats him out for the job, then it might be a situation where you start looking at the trade deadline as an opportunity to move Garoppolo then. Right. Um, which would also be weird because, like, as we keep saying, like, the Niners are a team that thinks they, they're going to contend, so they're also going to try navigating contending while potentially trading a starting quarterback <laughs> during the middle of the season. It's going to be a fascinating year, I think, no matter what. It's so but, it's such a weird situation they're in. Like, train, these, the circumstances are just, they're so, I guess you can compare it a little bit to the Chiefs in 2017. Yeah. But there are so many different directions it can go that it's not just, oh, yeah, Garoppolo plays well, and they go to the playoffs and lose, and then they trade him for some picks. Like, it just, there's so many other directions it can go. The the difference between this and the Chiefs is the Chiefs had always gotten to the playoffs with Alex Smith, but it disappointed mm-hmm. once they got there. The Niners went to a Super Bowl and almost won it. Right. And now they're thinking about moving off quarterback. So it's it's the not Chiefs were also sitting on Patrick freaking Mahomes. Well, right, but it's not a situation where, I mean, I guess it's similar in that a lot of people are clamoring for a new quarterback, but it's it's just different because the Chiefs were never in a position to win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith in the way that the 49ers were in 2019 with Garoppolo. So it's just a really fascinating dynamic to thread that needle of, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl, but we're also have we also have no idea who our starting quarterbacks going to be. So interesting. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks All for right, the call. Fred, thank you.
Thanks for the call. Thanks for the thanks for the chiming oh, man, in. We got three more. Uh, I'm gonna go with Derek. Derek's a beer drinker. Oh hell yeah, big beer guys. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, all about the um, all about the IPAs. Oh, nice. love it, man! After my own heart. So, um, sorry if this was covered. Um, I was just on the phone uh, when you guys started. Do you guys have any thoughts on it feels like Justin Fields is being nitpicked apart regarding um, being a one read, uh, being in a good system, uh, uh, quarterback friendly system. But when you look at someone like Trevor Lawrence, who's also in a very quarterback friendly system, or Zach Wilson, who's going up against relatively easy competition at BYU, for some reason, people seem to be skipping over those points with those guys but not skipping over that with Justin Fields. And I was wondering if you guys have any thoughts on why that might be. Um, I mean, there's – I have one. Yeah, I mean, that there's a lot of lazy analysis when it comes to quarterbacks, certain quarterbacks, um, and there are a lot of, let's just say, old, white, Caucasian men who evaluate quarterbacks and spread takes around. Um, so I think that might be part of it. Um, but I, I think there there is an element of truth. You know, I haven't studied Lawrence and Wilson. Like I've seen, I've studied a little bit of Wilson enough to know that like, wow, this guy's electric. But I haven't You're done a big like Wilson guy. I'm a big Wilson guy. Um, I haven't studied Lawrence because I've never felt like I needed to. So I can't I can't pick nits on him. But with Lance, it's just a little bit tough because. I mean, we haven't seen an Ohio State quarterback come in and and really play at a high level in the NFL yet. And Ryan Day has an NFL background. He was a 49ers quarterbacks coach, actually, in 2016. Um, and that's not to say I don't think Fields can do it, but there are just parts of his game that you do worry about. But I think what's being overrated is the, is the thought that he can't improve those areas of his game. Um, and I'm with you. Like I think he could improve his areas, those areas of his game, dramatically, <clears throat> and be a star in the league. But when your job is to evaluate quarterbacks in the draft and talk about what they do right now, I think there are just some fundamental things that he's got to work on. I, you know, I've heard somebody talk about, you know, maybe his stance is a little bit wide, which leads to accuracy issues. Um, you know, he made some throws at Ohio State that just weren't great. And he had some games that just weren't great. And so, you know, when you're somebody who's being considered in the top five, that's all part of the picture. So I think that that needs to be accounted for. But I think what is probably wrong is the reaction to some of those flaws and the idea that he can't correct them. So I think I think Fields is one of those guys, like I don't think he's can't miss but I think he could be can't miss if he goes to the right team in the right situation. Um, and that's true for a lot of these guys, right? Like, you know, there's, there's less than a 50% hit rate in first round quarterbacks. So there's a, there's a reasonable chance that, you know, three of these five guys are not going to get a second contract with the team that drafts them just based on history. And, you know, there's no, what's the stat since 2011 or something, there's no, um, I should know this before spouting it off, but there's there's a stat flipping around that or not a stat, but a fact that like no quarterback since 2016 has signed a second contract 
whatever it was. They're still they're, with I their, mean, the team that drafted them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I know Mahomes, that was 2017. I need to go back and look. Point being, though, there's about a 50% or less hit rate on, the, on quarterbacks in the first round. So these these are the types of things that you just need to be leery of, and maybe that's what the uh, the conversation is about Lance. But I still think he could be good. Like, I think he could be – I think he's got Russell Wilson aspects to his game. Um, you know, I think he I think he could be super dynamic. He's probably going to run in the 4-4s, maybe in the 4-3s tomorrow, and he's got a really good arm, and he's really solid, and that Clemson game was incredible. Um. So, yeah, I think he's got a lot going for him, but I understand why people worry about his flaws, but I also think there's an element of, you know, old-school scouting, so to speak, that is, uh, that's factoring in. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no yep. problem. Nice for- Enjoy your beer. I think Justin Fields is good. I, yeah, I think he is too. Um, let's go with Sean Coleman, not to be confused with 49ers swing tackle, Sean Coleman. And just a couple of quick questions for you. Um, obviously, first of all, congratulations, uh, to y'all and Kyle Shanahan for making the needed move. I am as big of a Shanahan fan as, as I know, at least here in the South, I'm a big Titans fan in general, but I've loved Shanahan. I think whoever y'all get, he's going to maximize their capabilities. So, so certainly happy for y'all and getting the third pick. The first question that I have is in regards to getting this quarterback weapons. I know you have Kittle. I know you have Samuel. I know you have Ayuk. But all three of them, at some shape or form in their careers, have had some injury questions. So do you think that there may be, with the deep tight end class and the receiver class, do you think there's going to be an early round investment in another weapon for him? And and I'll get y'all's answer there and then another question I have. Well, first of all, do you know Kyle Madsen's history with the uh, the Tennessee great, Titans of Nashville? Great question. Uh, I, I do not. I, I apologize if I don't. I apologize. I got my start at the NFL Wire Network as a as the managing editor of Titans Wire. I actually so I wrote for the for about three to six months with uh, Chrissy Freud, and then I and then I oh, took okay. some opportunity with the SB Nation with the Grizzlies and the Braves. So. Oh, right on. Hell yeah. Um, Titans wire. <laughs> Represent. Uh, so weapons early in the draft. I think they're going to draft a receiver at some point. If it was in the second or third round, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, as far as tight end, that's interesting. I haven't taken the dive on tight ends yet. Um, I really, I think Kyle Pitts might be the only tight end I know by name in this class. So I will get back to you on that at some point. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on that? aside from the receiver thing. Hey, maybe they draft a running back early. Yeah, Najee Harris, number two overall, or number three overall. Who says no? <laughs> <laughs> your fans. I think your fans, man. <laughs> <laughs> but not the, um, Yeah, I think I think there's going to be a receiver at some point. I think Kyle Sanders yeah, is probably going to draft a receiver every year, at least one. Don't blame him. Yeah, it would surprise well, me to see a receiver and the defensive end on day two or a corner. Yeah, yeah, and with Debo Samuel, like, I know a lot of people assume that he's going to get that long-term contract at some point. I still think he needs to show a little bit more in terms of consistency, um, being healthy, and just really establishing himself as a weapon. I know he had a really good rookie year, and I know he got hurt with injuries last year, but just given those injury issues, and he had some injury issues in college, I'm not giving him a contract just yet. 
So I think the 49ers would be smart to be at a point where they're open to drafting receivers and they lost Kendrick Bourne so they could use another one just from a production standpoint, regardless of Debo's long-term status. So, yeah, and and tight end, like, you know, do they bring back Jordan Reed? I think that's a question we always have. It's Jordan Reed. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe that happens. I, I, I don't think they – I mean – they like Ross Dwelly a lot. Maybe Charlie Warner gets better, um, and maybe they bring in Jordan Reed. So if they if it is a tight end, I think it's probably a day three pick, unless there's like a day two guy they really like who could end up being a really a really good pass catcher because they could use another one of those. Um, but I haven't taken the dive in the class yet. I've been been kind of wrapped up in quarterbacks these last few days. I don't blame you a bit. I mean, you know, you got George Kittle. That's that's a pretty good start when it comes to tight ends. Yeah. Um, I just was wondering, just for the the sake of of narrative and fun, um, with the I, I, I can not ever say his last name right. Is it Sala? Robert with with the with Sala and Lafleur now. I believe is the offensive coordinator now in with the yep. Jets. Conversations with them about possibly moving up to number two, or did they occur? If you, if, if you know, or do you think that Shanahan and, and the Forty ers brass kind of have a good idea of what direction? That, that that Sala and, and LaFleur are going to go, and that kind of made them comfortable moving up to number three. Is is there any influence that Sala and LaFleur being with the Jets, do you think if they weren't with the Jets that the 49ers still would have moved up to number three? Just any connection there at all? If there is, there, there may not be. I just think that it's a fun narrative to, to explore. Kyle, go ahead. Yeah, I think, I, I think you're right. I think it's a fun thing to talk about, and I think the obvious – connection is there and is going to be there but I don't I think the amount of information that has exchanged hands there might just be what the guys kind of know about each other and might infer from what they know about each other I don't think Robert Sala called Kyle Shanahan or Shanahan called Sala and said uh hey we're thinking about trading up to three who are you taking it to before we make this move like I don't I think, you know, that friendship kind of cuts off the day Sala signs his contract in in New York. I I don't think there's any legitimate information being being exchanged. Yeah, and and I think there's just I mean you can you can sort of just read the tea leaves which all point to, to Wilson, right? Like I don't think there needs to necessarily be insider information traded there. I think why the reason I, I think the reason why the 49ers are comfortable at three is because they like at least three quarterbacks. So regardless of who's at two, I think they they like the class to the point where they're comfortable at three, and they're especially comfortable being ahead of the Falcons, um, who very much could be in the quarterback market and are probably unhappy that the 49ers jumped them. Yeah. So that's that's why I think they're they're comfortable with three and maybe you know maybe at some point leading up to the draft they're going to know exactly who the Jets are going to get. I don't think I know there there's a popular thought that hey maybe the 49ers flip a third round pick or whatever to to move up one spot. That's not the feeling I get. I, I the feeling I get is they like three guys and they're more than content to be at three and there's not not a big push to to get you know Zach Wilson and maybe maybe um. You know, maybe maybe Jacksonville decides to take to take Wilson, and then Trevor Lawrence is there. Maybe the 49ers can move up to two and snag Trevor Lawrence, but I I think that's extremely <laughs> unlikely. Um, if that happens, 
I will give you forty two dollars. Forty two dollars. All right. I'm writing oh that my down. God. Hey guys, it was it was a pleasure. I hope that my questions make the final edit, but thanks for the insight, guys. They sure the they definitely will. Congratulations. Thank you. Will. Thank you appreciate it. Uh we'll take one more. <laughs> I think Patrick's been waiting a while. As long as Patrick I'm out on Patrick being Are on. you? I am. Are you? I'm out. Why's that? Uh, based on, I'm just out. I'm out on it, and I would prefer you not question me. I'm just I out. Put him on because I'm in charge. Oh well, now you went and did it. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, Patrick, my reputation's on the line for putting you on. Here, really so. on the line. I'm quitting yeah, the yeah, pod after question. Okay, Sean just verified me. You can look at my gem count. You know, most people don't have high gem counts. So I'm also reporting the guy that said the vulgar language to locker okay. for you guys. So. Appreciate that. Rob Louder says you're Celtic, legit. So. And I'm a huge uh, Niner guy. So cool. I had a, a two questions, kind of like a question for one of them. So I just want to hear what you guys think. In a alternate universe, I already know this. Clearly the Niners went to the third pick, and they, they're going for a quarterback. That's 100%. You don't give up that draft capital for a quarterback. I'm not saying that they're not going for a quarterback. I think they're going fields 100%. However, in an alternate universe, they they for some reason go Kyle Pitts. How do you feel about that offense with Kyle Pitts added to it? And then two, my second question is, um, if Jimmy Garoppolo wins that Super Bowl and they don't lose to the Chiefs, are the are the Niners making this trade to move up in this draft? Oof. Um, all right, first. So in 2019, the Niners were second in scoring and fourth in offense. Um, uh-huh. And so you can make the case that from a talent perspective, they're better this year. They're better at center. They're better at left tackle. Um, I don't know what to make of Mike McGlinchey, but Brandon Ayuk is better than Emmanuel Sanders. They did lose Bourne, but I think – even with Garoppolo and no new quarterback in the mix, I think the 49ers offense could have been better than 2019. So add Kyle Pitts to that, I think there's a chance to have a top three offense in the league. Um, if Garoppolo stays healthy and you know everything clicks like it did in 2019, I absolutely think that would be a, a, a very, very good offense. And I think the 49ers would score a ton of points. Um. Kyle, you have thoughts on that? Yeah, that would have been nuts. And I think they might have, if they if everything played out exactly the same, but they didn't need a long-term answer at quarterback, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up for a player like Kyle Pitts just because of all the, all the different things Shanahan could do with him in his offense. Yeah. Um, and the second question, if they had won the Super Bowl, that's it. So I don't think they would have traded up to three. I think they would have tried to get into, like, the six range. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so if Garoppolo had won the Super Bowl, I think we'd be talking about staying at 12. Maybe Mac Jones is more palatable, or maybe somebody like Kellen Mond in round two, and you just sort of reload the depth chart that way. Because keep in mind, like winning a Super Bowl as a 49ers quarterback has only been done by Steve Young and Joe Montana. And I think it's a funny thought exercise for all the vitriol Garoppolo gets. Had he won that Super Bowl and just made two more plays, um, which he made all year, he tied the he, he was tied for the league lead with four fourth quarter comebacks, um, which somehow, I mean, gets swept under the rug a little bit. But I guess what happened in the playoffs might 
might be the reason why. But, like, Jimmy Garoppolo went from a couple plays deciding whether or not he was somebody who was, everyone was going to talk about as, like, a Hall of Famer and as the next, like, 49ers guy versus getting replaced. Um, so I think people would have overreacted in the way that, like, as soon as Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, everybody would have asked, is Garoppolo a Hall of Famer? Is Garoppolo going to win MVP in 2020? Um, like, I think that's, you know, is Garoppolo elite, right? Like, it would have been <laughs> one of those conversations where you're talking about Garoppolo with all the guys that have won Super Bowls. And given how good that 49ers offense was, albeit mostly, you know, as this, as a running team, they were the, they, they ran the ball the second most times in the league or at least the second highest rate. Um, But I think, you know, is Garoppolo top 10? Is Garoppolo elite? Like, that would have been the conversation. And so you're not in a rush to move off a guy like that after winning the Super Bowl. That said, if he won the Super Bowl and got hurt like he did in 2020, then it's a really interesting conversation. But I think if if Garoppolo had been healthy in 2020 after winning the Super Bowl in 2019, the 49ers are probably – rolling with Kellen Mond or Kyle Trask or a second or third round, um, uh, the Stanford guy, uh, whose name is eluding me at the moment. Um, Davis Mills, I believe Davis is his Mills. name. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I'm a little, a little, a little scrambled right now, but anyway. I don't know yeah. why I knew that, but it's there. <laughs> it's your job to know that. Good work by you. Yeah, I'm a big Stanford guy of my Cardinal. <laughs> Um, Patrick, anything else? Yeah, um, just one last uh, subject on it is uh, with the whole Kyle Pitts situation. Uh, I know we're we're Four Niners fans and all that, and he's not really relevant to our organization now that we moved up to third. But do you guys see him possibly being the best offensive player outside of quarterbacks in this draft? Because I I look at him and I go like, there's nothing about his offensive game I don't like. Like he he looks like he could be everything dominant you you see in a guy. Yeah, he's six six two forty five and moves like a small receiver. Like that's that's rare. Yeah, and I think yeah. if you if if there's a if there's a team that if the team that drafts him is creative, there's a million different ways that you can use a guy like that. And it wouldn't surprise me if if in three years he's resetting the tight end market kind of thing. And 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 we are looking back at the at the 2021 draft and going, wow, Kyle Pitts fell to seventh, you know, as all these quarterbacks were going early. That that wouldn't surprise me for sure. There are people, smart people, who think that he's the best player in the draft. Yeah. Regardless of position. It also wouldn't surprise me, though, if Jamar Chase is, is seen as that in four years because I think Jamar Chase is going to be really damn good, too. Are receivers going to be the new running backs in that they don't matter because there's so many of them? Next week on Candlestick Chronicles. I'm just <laughs> well, thanks a lot, guys, for having me on and, and trusting that I wasn't going to be saying anything vulgar. Yeah, thanks, no man. problem. I got you back. Great. I got yeah. you back. Um, all right, guys. I think uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. Um, appreciate everybody coming on. We got – I think we're up to 41. We appreciate almost everybody for coming on. <laughs> almost everybody. Um, we will be back with a normal podcast on Thursday, and I think we have two guests lined up. Yes, Is that two right? guests lined two up guests. at present. Two really good guests, by the way. Strong guests. Shout out to Kyle for booking two really good guests for a podcast. I don't know if we've ever had two guests, or if we have, it's been a while. Well, yeah, but, it's um, been a while, but we have before. 
Yeah, you can uh, you can check us out there. We really appreciate you guys participating, listening in, supporting the pod. Um, Most of you, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we will talk to you guys later in the week. Um, check us out on social. Check Kyle out at Niners Wire. You can find my stuff at sackbeat.com slash 49ers. Probably follow me on Twitter. Um, maybe regretfully in some cases. But, uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys later. Thanks for coming on.